India's agricultural sector contributes to 17% of the GDP and employs 41% of the total population. Post the Permanent Settlement Act of 1793, the country's agricultural system has remained majorly government-regulated. Farmers in India were and are often small-scale and marginalized. This approach was adopted to ensure that India's farmers remain unexploited by the private sector and hence the Agricultural Produce Market Committee, or APMC, carries out the trading of farm produce. These APMC outlets have features that are beneficial and supportive of the disadvantaged farmers community. These features include minimum support prices, or MSP, statewide transportation of produce, and fair trade monitoring. However, recent farm bills passed in September of 2020 have focused in favor of private market forces, and this provoked many protests nationwide. Welcome fellow urban enthusiasts, I'm your host Brett Kahn, and with me as always is... Sabah Sarkhel, and we are both second-year urban planning grad students from the College of Environment and Design at the University of Georgia. Today's episode is titled, Indian Farm Bills 2020. For the past three weeks, tens of thousands of Indian farmers have been protesting against new agricultural laws. They say the changes will hurt their livelihoods, by making them vulnerable to big corporations. But the government insists the regulation of the industry is badly needed. Government expects to provide a liberating market for farmers and empower them to be active participants with private retailers. However, the recent protests from the farmers anticipate the exploitation through the elimination of MSP, bypassing of a secure APMC network, and aggressive privatization of the sector. This raises the question, is the privatization of the farm sector in India a liberation or elimination of marginalized and small-scale farming that constitutes 85% of the total farmers in India? Before India got independence in 1947, agricultural marketing policy was mainly focused on controlling the price of food for consumers and agri-raw material availability. It was only after independence that the focus was shifted to protect the farmers' interests. Farmers used to sell their produce directly to consumers. However, many farmers suffered from severe debts incurred under the Zamindari system, commonly referred to as feudalism. Private unregulated moneylenders were the primary source of loans. Hence, these debts often held high interest rates. When farmers could not pay their interest, these loan sharks would buy the produce exponentially cheaper than market value. Due to losses from the previous production cycle, the farmer is often forced to take an additional loan during a subsequent production cycle. Farmers that became subject to this parasitic loop became trapped and unable to develop a self-sustaining practice. To free farmers from exploiting middlemen and mercantile capital, India's government introduced the Agricultural Market Produce and Livestock Committee Act, also known as APMC. Under this act, the agricultural market turned into a government-regulated market. Virtually, the farmers under the new act cannot sell their produce directly to the consumer, but only through APMC yards. Every state has its APMC Act, wherein it decides the division of yards according to the political boundaries and allocates APMC yards to each district. The current system has two flaws. First, who gets to be a trader? Since the APMC market is state-regulated, the traders appointed are often the ones with political connections, leaving the system more vulnerable to corruption. Second, the system allows for an extensive number of middlemen between the consumer and farmers, resulting in inflated prices for the consumer and deflated returns for farmers. This in turn results in a 50% price difference. The APMC Act of 1963 was meant to protect the farmers from being exploited by private money lenders, middlemen, and the devaluation of produce. Instead, it became a method of exploitation. Also, the system of minimum support price has turned into a scheme of monopoly, 
In many scenarios, the traders form groups and ploy not to buy any products above the minimum support price. In other words, the product's price is capped at the MSP. The farmers are often dealing with perishable produce. If they cannot sell their products in a limited time frame, they suffer huge losses and reduce prices. The traders take advantage of this condition and restrict the negotiated price, and the farmers are left with no option but to sell their product at the lowest price possible, which is MSP. It is also imperative to understand there is no minimum regional support price in India. The crop's cost price differs from each state, but the crop's minimum support remains the same. A farmer in one state essentially ends up getting more profit for the same crop than a farmer in another state. The APMC has become counterproductive and requires reform. An attempt to bring reform in India's current agricultural market is the introduction of the three new farm bills. Essentially, these three bills allow a free market, removal of middlemen, and a national framework for India's agricultural market. However, these farm bills have provoked massive rallies in protests. Why so? The political side is that this government has been very autocratic uh, in the way in which it has pushed through um, big, big reforms. And I should say that on the agricultural side, these reforms that they put through in September, um, there were a lot of economists uh, and others who thought that there had to be some reforms in the agricultural system. Whether these were designed properly or not is the question. According to 2018 national statistics, farmers contributed to 7.7% of total suicides in India. And other data highlights only 6% of farmers benefit from the minimum support price. The current system requires reform. The farmers of India are being exploited at a great extent. If India strives to become an equitable and progressive nation, addressing these reforms is imperative. However, it is required to ensure the new reforms promote economic development of farmers and not simply glorifies and nurtures private industry. So there is a lot of talk about minimum support price or MSP. Is it an unsung hero or a socialist delusion? MSP is essentially a safety net provided by the government of India. It was implemented to give the farmer price assurance during an economical and national crisis. Some parliament members and journalists have demonstrated a solution to avoid farmers' exploitation, essentially by making MSP a right for farmers. Is it possible? Under India's fundamental right against exploitation, the centre can make MSP a legal right for farmers. Alternatively, an amendment in the Protection of Plant Varieties and Farmers' Rights Act can also grant the same. As a legal right, MSP is essential. Currently, there is no mechanism to enforce this under any act. Making minimum support price a legal right for the farmers is crucial, more so after freeing of the market post the new farm bills of 2020. Without reinforcing MSP, there is potential future exploitation of farmers. However, the minimum support price has been used as a tool for the exploitation of farmers. This is not only about the ploy by traders capping the best-selling prices MSP, but in some cases, purchasing products below minimum support price. The case of Milan Anand versus the state of Uttar Pradesh highlighted faults in this MSP system. That is the question of minimum deduction. As seen in this case, some of the farmers were paid less than the MSP. The petitioners were traders who challenged the report filed against them that accused the traders of cheating and fraud. However, the petitioner contested against the charge claiming that the farmers were paid a lower price than the MSP as their produce was substandard. Following that, a consensual minimum deduction was set up to allow transactions between farmers and traders below the minimum support price. Vital questions arise from this case. How is the quality of produce determined? Should the farmers receive MSP if their crop is substandard? What is the reason for substandard produce? 
Is it due to a natural calamity like a flood? If so, the minimum support price was set up to provide a cushion during such a crisis, wasn't it? These questions determine that the concept of minimum support price is obscure, even in judicial spaces. Before we begin to discuss whether minimum support price should or should not be reinforced or extended as a legal right to the farmers, many nuances need to be analyzed. Minimum deduction in MSP, quality of produce, regional versus national MSP, and education in farmers about the minimum support price are some factors that need thorough analysis. If, in the scenario, the three bills survive all the challenges, what legal remedies can the state implement to avoid exploitation of farmers in the new system? Constitutionally, the states cannot pass state laws that contradict a central law. But if the states are genuinely interested in farmers' welfare, they can mitigate the ill effects of the three new farm bills of 2020. The state can bring additional changes in specification to a specific bill that is consistent with the bill's intent. Essentially, the central government has left many things undefined. The states can reinforce additional guidelines and provide safeguarding to the farmers. Trade areas are one of the areas that are unclear in the bills. Hence, defining the bill's trading area as the state's agriculture markets could be the primary step. The fear of losing minimal support prices among the farmers also arises because MSPs are not mentioned in the bills. State law can include a provision that mandates MSP in the new system at the state level. Since the center does not have MSPs mentioned in the new bill, there will be no conflict with the central law. Though the government restricts the state to collect taxes from the agriculture produce, there is no mention of penalty collection in the bills. The state laws can impose penalties on the private market if they refuse to oblige to its additional guidelines. The states can also criminalize anti-farmer actions. The current bills deny farmers to approach the civil court in the matter of contract violations. This is a potential gap for private market forces to engage in further exploitation. State legislature has the right to criminalize deceptive actions against farmers. The Indian Penal Code and Code of Criminal Procedure is listed under the concurrent list. And no central law can deny the state the right to criminalize corporate deception against farmers. Also, the matter of good faith concerns one in the bills. It outlines no legal proceeding against the government official if an act is conducted in good faith. The scope of good faith in a corrupt setting is left undefined, but the state law can introduce a clause that strictly defines the term good faith and potentially mitigate the issue. The matter of agricultural reform is a challenging one in India. Factors such as farmers' welfare, state versus central tussle of power, and constitutional remedies result in many social, economic, and legal repercussions. The current system has many issues, namely monopoly of traders, small percentage of farmers receiving benefits of MSP, capping of selling price as MSP, vague definitions of essential terms in the APMC Act, inflated cost of products, and deflated profits for the farmers. An entry of external market forces in the current system is required to open up the market and release the traders' monopoly. This also ensures economic upliftment, a dynamic market, relatively fewer middlemen between farmers and consumers, and increased foreign investment. However, the state of farmers cannot be left at the mercy of the central or state's intention. There needs to be distribution of power between the state and center to increase the protection of farmers. The center's bills are suitable for the economic success of the country, but the state should utilize its constitutional rights to avoid the exploitation of farmers. This is of course in the case if the central goes hook and crook to implement the bills. Ideally, we would like to see the central amending the bills, however, the recent actions by the central speak otherwise. 
It's the 3rd of February and we are at Mundi House right now, where a procession is being organized in solidarity with the farmers' protest. This is happening in the wake of several events that have taken place over the past week. We've had the arrest of Mandeep Punia and Dharmendra Singh, independent journalists, who have now been released. Mandeep Punia on a bail bond and Dharmendra Singh after signing an undertaking. This is also the time when at Ghazipur border, we have heightened bordering and security. That means we have barricades which have been set up along with concrete bricks and along with nails being plastered to the ground. Now all of this is happening while at Delhi, at Mandi House, a procession march is being organized. As you can see over here, these protesters are about to march from Mandi House to Jantar Mantar in solidarity with the farmers. I think that if the government had any sense whatsoever, uh, any government with good sense would say that, look, uh, we are withdrawing these laws and uh, we'll cut our losses and back off now. And we'll talk to the farmers and see what can be done in the future, uh, what kind of laws the farmers want and so on. It's very clear that they are on uh, morally on the wrong side of history and they should do this. But this is not a government which works, I think, in, uh, in, a, in a democratic manner and it does not operate by the normal rules of political good sense. So this is a government that thinks that uh, high-handedness and arrogance pays and that violence pays and that we have to look strong. Accurate protection of farmers is necessary as 85% of farmers in India are small-scale. This small-scale farming culture makes agriculture a significant occupation in India, employing a substantial number of people. Hence, safeguarding measures such as clarity in the definition of MSP, a strict penalty in Anti-Farmers Act, and education of farmers with respect to entrepreneurship and empowerment are essential steps required to preserve India's traditional farming culture while simultaneously promoting the economic growth of the nation. It does not have to be one or the other. Now that you have let us talk, we want to let you talk. Hop over to letuscd.com and engage in discussion with fellow urban enthusiasts. If you want to dig deeper into today's content, you can find our sources listed under today's episode. This episode's research, writing, directing, and editing was a collective effort of myself and Subba Sirkel, urban planning graduate students from UGA's College of Environment and Design. Special shout out to Ebony Hatchet for music production. And thanks to Les Collective for the executive production of this podcast. Until next time.